you have your Bibles tonight, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. Of course, um, a lot going on for Christmas the next few Sunday nights. And we invite you to be back um, for those. A lot of events going on. Call and we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the service. But tonight we'll be in John chapter number 1. And we'll read, uh, if you would, turn there and let's look at verse number 1. <clears throat> John 1, very familiar passage to you and to us. John 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have all received, and the grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Let's pray together. Father, we love You. Lord, I thank You for, Lord, the wonderful music, Lord, already this evening. Lord, uh, Lord, I thank You for the testimonies of Your grace and of Your goodness tonight. Lord, I pray as we just teach Your Word, work through this text tonight, God, I pray that Your Word, uh, Lord, would grow us. I pray that Your Word would do a work in our hearts. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you for our church. Lord, we thank you for the fellowship. Lord, we thank you, Lord, just uh, to have the freedom, God, once again, to do what we're doing tonight. Lord, we love you and your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen. As we approach this Advent season, I was reminded, thinking about this passage, that Jesus' life did not begin as any other man's life. He came into the world as one who already existed. And it's interesting to think about. One writer said he came into the world from a pre-existent state on a special mission. I just want to look at this text tonight and just talk through this tonight, the Word with us. And I want you to notice, first of all, in verses 1 and 2, the description of the Word. Look at verse number 1. The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. When you read that, you automatically probably think of Genesis chapter 1. Verse number 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The Word is in a continuous state of existence. In essence, the very God, the pre-existent Christ. John chapter 17, verse number 4 says this, I have glorified on the earth, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Father, I will that they also whom hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation 
of the world. John chapter number 1, verse number 3. We've already read it. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. John chapter 8, verse number 15. Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Revelation chapter 19, verse number 13. And He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and His name was called the Word of God. Listen, the description of the Word here, Jesus. And aren't you thankful for Jesus that He became flesh and that He dwelt among us? Let me just say this. A lot of times we almost think that Jesus was plan B. No, Jesus was plan A. Okay, He was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Christ was not just a man with God-like qualities. God was incarnate in Jesus Christ. Jesus was not a good man, just a good man or just a godly man. He was God, 100% man, and 100% God. He always has been, and He always will be. One man said this about this text, There was never a time when He was not, and there will never come a time when He shall cease to be. He was neither evolved, grown, nor improved. He cannot change for the better, for He is already perfect. Being perfect, He cannot change for the worse. Altogether unaffected by anything outside of Himself, improvement or deterioration is impossible. It says this in verse number 1, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with Him, but He was Him. He was the essence and the substance of God. He was divinity. If you remember when we studied Colossians chapter number 1, that great passage about the preeminence of Christ, I want us just to read this. Verse 15 said this, Colossians chapter 1, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. We must understand when we talk about Advent, when we talk about Jesus, He always has been and He always will be. He is first, He is before, He is preeminent. Genesis records the beginning of time. Revelation records the beginning of eternity. John records the beginning of of redemption. In Genesis, God gives life to man. In John, gives new life to man. In Revelation, God shares life with man. Man, the description of the word. The second thing I want you to notice in verses 3 through 5 is the redemptive relationship of the word. Look at verse number 3. Verse number 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse number 3 teaches us that every single thing, every single material thing, every single thing in the cosmos was created by Him. It came into existence by Him. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. Listen, Hebrews 1.2 says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. Apart from Jesus, nothing was made. Listen, look at verse number 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. He is the source 
of life. He is the life source. Jesus not only has the power to convert a life, but he is the one who has the power to create life. He is not only the architect, but he is the author of all things. I love what it says here. He is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse number 12 says this, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He shines in the darkness. He brought forth life and light into the darkness. Verse number 9 says this, He was the true light. Life and light only come by Him. Without Him, there is no life. Without Him, there is no hope. There is no light. Look at verse 5. You got your Bibles open? Look at it. Verse 5. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This light shines, and it was not comprehended. The light was not understood. The light was rejected. Verse number 11 says this, he came into his own and what happened? His own received him not. He is life and he is light. Without him there's no life, there's no light. The darkest places are the places absent of him. Practically he shines his light through us in the darkness. And I just want to ask you this, Man, are you shining that light? Is his light shining through you in the dark world? Each one of us, listen, we are either we are either making this place a lighter place or we're making this place a darker place. Would you all agree there's enough miserable people around the church shouldn't be helping them? Listen, we should be in our world, we should be the light of Jesus Christ in this world. Hey dads, in your home, you're either shining darkness or you're shining is everybody or your light? Man, are you darkness or light in your home? Man, are you darkness or light in your workplace? Listen, we are to be a reflection of our Savior and our King. Listen, He he has redeemed us, and our relationship to that redemption should be Him living through us in our day to day. Listen, it's not enough for us just to know God in our heads. Man, it's got to change our everyday life. It's got to change how we treat other people. Man, we've talked about this before. How do people know that we're His disciples? If we have love for one another. Man, if we have a light. Man, you have people in your life. I have some people in my life that just bring darkness all the time. Every time I talk to them, it's dark. It's down. Man, it's never good. Can I just say this? As believers, as believers in our lives, we should be positive people. Man, we should be reflecting that light. His love should be shining through us. How we treat people should change. By the way, the fruit of the Spirit and the evidence of the Holy Spirit's feeling in us, man, it's how we treat other people. Man, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering. It's all of those things. So I just want to challenge you with this tonight. Is that light shining through you? Do people see Jesus in you and see Jesus in me? Man, is there that type of forgiveness that Jesus shows? Is there that type of grace? I've learned this in my life. Man, people that really understand grace, guess what they're going to do to others? I mean, they're going to show grace. People that understand mercy realize how merciful God's been to them. Man, they're going to show mercy. People that have been forgiven and truly grasp and understand what God's forgiven them of, they're going to show forgiveness. People, listen, that have experienced the salvation and the redemptive work of the Word, listen, they are going to be a light in this dark world. The third thing I want you to notice in verses 6 through 13 is the manifestation of the Word. The manifestation of the Word. Look at verse number 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness, here it is, of that light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but look at his purpose. He was sent to bear witness of that light. 
Man, a messenger here. In John chapter number 1 was sent a preacher. There was a man, John. What a testimony John must have had. Because guess what he had to tell the people? He had to say, I'm not Jesus. Could you imagine having that type of testimony? Like, <laughs> man, I don't know if any of us have ever been accused of being Jesus. John was, there was literally people that thought John, John was either Isaiah or thought he was Jesus or thought he was, you know, the supernatural being. And he had to tell them, I'm not pointing. Listen, don't look to me. Look to who he is. Man, what a testimony he must have had. What a light he must have been. Man, I can't help but think of Matthew chapter number 5. And sometime we need to go, and we'll probably do this, go study that Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that's ever preached. It's interesting. If you go uh, to the beginning of the chapter in chapter number 5, it says, And when Jesus was set, he began to talk, teach them. He didn't, he didn't stand up and yell at them. Man, he, you know, he sat down and he taught them. And he teaches them the greatest sermon that's ever been taught. And this was part of one of the, one of the things that he says in it. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And I love this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And when they see those good works, what ends up happening? That they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. I mean, we're living in a dark world. I mean, we're living in a place where there's a lot of evil Man, there's a lot of bad things that are happening. Man, there's a, you can't help but turn on the news. Man, I was just reading, I think a little girl from West Iredale's missing right now. I mean, just right down the road. I mean, you can't help. I, that little girl, I don't know if you read about this, that they were looking for. I don't remember what state was. They found her dead just, where, where was that at? In Texas, they found her dead just two days ago. I mean, we're living in an evil world. We're living in a world full of crime. I mean, we're living in a world full of hate. Even religiously speaking, there's a lot of people living under bondage. Man, we're living in a world that's, man, it's really, if we're not careful, we look around and it, it just seems really dark. But can I tell you this and just encourage you with this? These are great times to serve the Lord. Y'all understand that? Because our lights can shine in a dark place. Do you know people need to see through our lives that there's still hope? Man, that the fact that what we're celebrating right now, the fact that Jesus came to redeem the world. Man, that's the hope that we have. So I just want to encourage you, instead of, maybe I'll find myself sometimes just being a Debbie Downer about what's going on in the world. Is anybody else like that? Like, man, when I start looking at the news, and I start looking at social media, it's like, man, I start, when I start thinking about politics, is, you know, when you turn on all this stuff, you start looking at the economy, like, man, this is insane stuff going on in our world. When I think about Stephen who got gunned down there in Iran just two weeks ago, man, that's, he, it's a dark place, man. You know why God's placed us here? Why God's redeemed us? And why God saved us? So that we can be a light in the world. Man, I want to encourage you to kind of think about that. Are you, man, is that light under a bushel? Man, are you, are you covering up that light? Or are you sharing that light with people? Man, are, okay, let me ask you this maybe. Maybe put it this way. When's the last time just... You just showed love, you showed grace, you showed forgiveness, and just to somebody that probably really didn't deserve it. I mean, that's what Christ-likeness is about. That's what being a light is. When's the last time, this is a great time of year maybe, when the Lord lays it on your heart to bless someone else and to be a light in their life. I've had many people many times give me money in order to give someone, to be a blessing to them during this time of year. Hey, when's the, when's the last time you just did something for someone without any expectation of anything in return? Man, isn't that what Jesus has done? Isn't that who he is? Man, blessing some. See, we're good at blessing people if it can help us. 
What about that person that can't help you? I mean, what about that person that can't do anything else for you? Man, I want to encourage you to be a light in their life. What about that person that you don't even like? Sometimes I don't think God likes me, and he still blesses me. Somebody help me. Man, I remember I've told you all the story. When I was at Rosedale, we had a principal, and I knew he didn't like me. And I know that's hard to believe, okay? <laughs> You're like, no, it's not, preacher. Well, I don't like you either, okay? I get it. It's cool. I probably don't like you either, okay? So good. But I remember he didn't like me, and I knew it. And we were just in that place, man. It was early on in ministry. We didn't have nothing. I mean, we, Caitlin's room was that walk-in closet. I mean, we just were trying to make it in Baltimore, like the D.C. economy. I mean, it was just hard, man. We were struggling. I remember I knew this guy didn't like me. And, I mean, I knew it. I mean, I, there was, you know, you know how it's just obvious? Like, that's how it was. And I'll never forget. It was around Christmas time. He come and shook my hand. And hey, I've heard this. If you've been here for a while, I've shared it before. Man, there was a couple hundred dollar bills in his hand. So I'll be at the door on the way out, okay, if anybody wants to. Um, but he shook my hand. And I'll be honest with you. My prideful self at first, like when he was trying to talk to me that day, I didn't want to have that conversation with him because I knew there was some tension there. And, and really the Lord humbled me. And I actually, I literally that Sunday went in that bathroom, man, like a little baby. And God just got a hold of me and said, you know what? Sometimes God is working and he's going to bless. You know, that really made an impact on me. I remember the first year after my dad left, we didn't have nothing. We lived the same way, man. Dad left, you know, he left in September. Christmas is coming. And, man, we were just in a bad place. And, man, we were worried, like, you know, you're a little kid, man. I don't even know how we're going to eat, what's going on. Mom hadn't worked for years at that point. And I remember that Christmas, man, was probably one of the best Christmases, materially speaking, that we ever had. Because guess who stepped up? The church did. Man, people that loved on us. People that knew they probably, we probably wouldn't be involved in their lives anymore. And, man, can I just say for me, as an eight-year-old boy at that time, that impacted me for for. All these years later, man, not a Christmas goes by where I don't think about that. Man, I remember being in that garage apartment that we lived in with mom. And that Christmas we woke up. And man, it was just so awesome because God had provided through his people. You see, God wants to use you in that way. There may be somebody in your life right now that God's laid and impressed on your heart. Man, to be a blessing to. Can I just tell you to do it? Man, when he tells you to, to be a blessing to that person, be a blessing to them. Give to them. Man, it, I'm telling you, there's something about when you get the joy of giving and helping someone else, expecting nothing in return, the work that the Holy Spirit will do in your heart. I believe that we're, when it comes to being Christ-like, one of the most Christ-like times we, we have is when we give, expecting nothing. I'm not just talking to the church. I'm talking to each other, expecting nothing in return. Man, be a light in this world. If you work, and most of you work in a secular workplace, and people are idiots. I mean, dealing with people, man. Like, I was, we went in a store the other day, and, like, people are, like, short, man. Like, it's like people want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you say something, people are mouthing off. Our world needs some hope. We need some love, and we need some grace. I want to encourage you to be that this season. Man, show grace to someone that doesn't deserve it. Because here's the thing. That takes a spirit-filled person. It takes a spiritual person. It takes a person that God has worked in their heart, man, to give, expecting nothing in return. I want you to notice in verses 14 through 18, the incarnation of the Word. This is awesome. Look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. Man, talking about Jesus coming. Jesus, whom God hath appointed the heir of all things. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 2. 
became a man. Jesus, by whom He created all things, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16, became a man. The, the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1, 15, became a man. The brightness of His glory, Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 13, became a man. Jesus, as His Hebrew calls Him so much better than the angels, Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 4, became a man. Jesus, in whom all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells, became a man. Jesus, the head of all principalities and powers, became a man. Jesus, into hands, God hath committed all judgment. John chapter number 5, became a man. Jesus, who eternity rested on the bosom of the Father without a mother, and rested on the bosom of a mother without a father, became a man. That's good news for us. Man, he wrapped himself in flesh and became a man. Jesus, the co-equal, co-essential, co-existent, co-eternal with God, having glory with God before the world was. He became a man. You know why he did that? So he could redeem you and redeem me. He came, this is, blows my mind. He came to be like us. Now, if I was God, I ain't coming here. Is anybody else? I mean, think about that. Think about how foolish we are. I mean, he came in his earthly body. He associated with everything we would ever fight and we would ever face and we would ever fear. We read in verse number 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Man, grace and truth, two of the dominant qualities of the life of Christ. Grace is what Jesus did. Truth is what Jesus said. Grace is what Jesus demonstrated. Truth is what Jesus declared. That poses the question, why did Jesus come as grace and truth. He came to reveal the grace of God and to reveal the truth about God. Because of the fall of man, we were sinners lost without God, having no hope in this world. From Genesis chapter number 3 on, man had been separated from God, alienated from God, and isolated from God. Sin rendered us defiled, depraved, destitute, and dead. Furthermore, there was no way for man to get back to God. The bridge had been broken. The chasm was far too wide. But Jesus came, and listen, He came among us to bring man to God and God to man in order to reconcile the two back together. We did not demand it. We did not deserve it. We did, but listen, but God did this for any. That's what grace is. Y'all understand that. That's what we celebrate this time of year. He came because He loved us and He wanted to save us. Look at verse number 12. As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You've heard me quote it before. An old preacher said this, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. God sent a Savior. Listen, this time of year, this is all I want to tell you tonight. It's about time as we enter into Advent that we stop and we slow down and we realize, oh my goodness, we realize that His grace is sufficient and that He loves us. And this time of year, yes, the gifts are awesome. And yes, all the Christmas stuff. I love it, man. I love I love the Santa Claus. And I love, man, I love, I love the Christmas trees. And I love all this time of year represents. But we, may we never forget, and I'm not trying to sound cliche here, but the true reason for this season and the reason we sing and the reason we celebrate and the reason we 
worship. And the reason we have a candlelight service and the reason we want to stop and talk isn't just because some cute baby was born one day, but the Savior of the world was born. And He came as a man and He dwelt among us and He lived a perfect life and He died a criminal's death and He resurrected three days later. And listen, He has reconciled us by His blood to the Father. Hey, that's the reason that we worship and that's the reason that we sing and that's the reason that we're here. And I just want to encourage you to slow down daily for this month and just thank Him for His goodness. Man, when I realize that I don't deserve His grace, oh man, it starts making it real easy to worship because I've gotten it. I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. Man, but I love Him. You know why? And why you love Him? Because He first loved us tonight. I just want to encourage you this Christmas season, slow down. Thank God that He sent His only begotten Son into the world. Listen, to save us. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's stand on our feet. Matt's going to sing. The altar's open if you need a place to pray. Pray at your seat.